bet they're really getting confidence now. All right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Cuddy and the Cooge. If you hear a little extra pizzazz in my voice today, that's because I got one of my uh, bucket list guests today on and uh, super excited. And as always, I'll turn it over to Cuddy. How you doing today? I'm doing good, Cooge. Everything's good. Welcome, everybody. It's a, a great day up here in Saratoga Springs, and we have a great guest on one of my uh, all-time favorite guys uh, uh, who I've known for a long time and actually had the pleasure of serving as his athletic trainer during his time at UNLV and uh, and certainly a, a name that a lot of people will recognize, especially uh, UNLV fans and people across the country. But I'd like to welcome Stacy Augman to our show. Stacy, hey, hey, how you doing, man? Good to Good to finally catch up with you. Well, it's it's good to be on, you know. <laughs> this time is time is crazy around here. Um, but I'm definitely gonna take time out and, and and be with talking with you. Well, we I, I appreciate it, man. I really do because I know, uh, uh, you know, for our listeners, you know, Stacy's now uh, assistant with the uh, Sacramento Kings, and uh, as we record this tonight is the first exhibition game for the NBA season, which is really hard to believe uh, that we're already here in October and. You know, once your season kicks off, I know <laughs> your your time is very limited, and uh, and the schedule that you guys keep is pretty uh, pretty hectic. So, uh, and I know you know again, just going let let's let me start first of all a, a little bit about your career in the NBA because you spent 15 years in the NBA, so you're very familiar with the the schedule that you have to keep and 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 how to keep pace with all that, but. As a coach in the NBA, how do you compare that to when you coached at college, like, for example, at UNLV? Is it, is it pretty much the same except for the travel and, and, uh, and all that? But what's the big difference that you see? Well, it's pretty much the same, but um, definitely the, the travel is, is rigorous. Um, in the NBA, the time of on the court is definitely different. In the NBA, we're definitely – it's more hands on the courts and um, a lot of film watching. Um, but the college was more like, like making sure that the students are in, in class, <laughs> make sure they're on time and different things, <laughs> you know, so it, it's a big difference, but you know, I, I enjoy both, you know, coaching is coaching when you're on the court and on any, any level. And I get fulfillment um, just teaching these kids on, on how to perform and play the right way. Yeah. I have a question actually about that. So, like you said, with college, for, for lack of a better term, it's a little bit more of like babysitting, like make sure you're in class, make sure you're in time for the bus, make sure you're here, make sure you're there. With NBA, is it kind of just like, hey, here's your schedule, be on time, like get there how you get there kind of thing? Well, well, definitely. Um, it's one of those things where you have to be a, um, a professional on the NBA level. And of course they're, they're still young, you know, they're still like college age students, right. college age kids. But at the same time, you got to have, hold them accountable for what they need to do. And that's be on time and, and be at the right place and just hold them accountable for those type of things. But of course in the NBA, 
you know, there's fines in place, you know, those things that, you know, that we have to help. We help them, help them with um, being on time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> college is, <laughs> the college thing is about like, uh, okay, if, if the college student is not on time, that's all, that's the coach's staff's fault. Right. In the NBA, the, the players, athletes not on time, that's their fault. Right. You know, so that, that's the difference there. And put a little more pressure on us as coaches in college. So, Stacy, let's obviously, um, certainly as, as I started our podcast here, said, you know, you're definitely one of my favorite rebels of all time. And, and this goes back again for our listeners. You know, we're talking to Stacy Augman and your career at UNLV was, you know, probably one of the best careers that a, a student athlete could have. And I go back to 19. 19- the, the year you came in as a freshman, I don't know if you remember this, but um, very seldom because at the time I had, when I was an athletic trainer, I had to work football and basketball. But I remember Coach Gergerich wanted me to come to breakfast with you on your recruiting visit. I don't know if you remember that or not, <laughs> but I do. And, uh, and I, you know, we sit and talked and you asked me some questions about, you know, different things. And I remember, you know, this young, skinny lanky Stacy Augman <laughs> uh, coming from Pasadena. Uh, what is it? John Muir high school. I, I, and, and I always yes. remember that that was kind of, kind of a cool deal to be able to go on. A, I think it was maybe one of a handful of, you know, recruiting things that I did for basketball. Cause they used to kind of do it themselves. I don't know if you remember that or not. <laughs> Oh wow! I don't. I don't quite remember that. Um, It's a long time ago. Actually, that's showing our age, coach. That's showing our age. I feel like for like dad, for you, that must be wild because we also told a story about uh, Larry Johnson and how like one of his first practices, like he was terrible and he like rolled down this hill, like he (laughs) fell down this hill and stuff. And it's crazy to think like probably for my dad and all these other coaches, like all you're doing is meeting this kid. Like he said, he didn't know what you were going to go on to be. And then you went on to be this amazing player and spent 15 years in the NBA. That's probably pretty like kind of out of body experience a little bit. Well, you know what? I mean, you and be when I was there as student athlete, it was a, it was a great experience. I mean, being young, coming in, I didn't know nothing about what I was going to do or even college life. You know, I'm just a, just a kid coming out of Pasadena, California, don't know much. But um, there at UNLV, we have great, great coaches there. And, and of course, people like Jerry around you to direct you the right way. Like you say, you don't know what you're going to be or what, uh, what's going to happen, but you have good people around you, you know, good things are happening. Yeah. Mm. Before we really jump into your career, we just came off of a little R&R. We actually went out to Vegas and my dad mentioned that you like boats. Do you still own a boat? Do you still get to enjoy boating at all? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I, I, I still do um, do a little boating. Yeah. I still do a little boating. I love the being out there on the water. It's just it's one of the things that, uh, that takes me away when I'm you know, some downtime. So I, I love about being on the water. Yeah, we were able to go on our our really good friends, more like aunts and uncles, the Hensels. They have a uh, um one of those wake surfing boats. Those oh, are pretty badass. 
Yeah, those are those are yeah, those are bad. Those are bad. <laughs> but one thing about that wakeboarding show takes a lot out of your body. Oh my god, I know. <laughs> yeah, our uncle, he's you know, older. <laughs> he tried it and he was hurting the whole re- it was like the first day he got there, the whole rest of the trip he was basically couch ridden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, anyway, that's a fun fact. I didn't, you know, didn't know that about you. And you like motorcycles too, right? Oh yes. I love riding. That's my second that's my second love kind of a pastime. Uh, my wife says I spend too much time on an open road. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you probably take off and don't come back for days. <laughs> well, yes. Yeah. My last trip, you know, my last trip that kind of pushed the line with the wife because I was gone <laughs> three and a half weeks. Oh wow. <laughs> that is a that is a long time on the open road. Uh but oh, yeah. anyway, yeah, getting back into um basketball. So you came to UNLV, was it eighty seven? Yes. Yeah. Eighty eighty six, eighty seven. Yeah, and we were, you know, that year coming off of the final four. And then when you got there, you know, I, I think the chemistry that, you know, your first year moving forward kind of dictated your next four years, really. I mean, you guys kind of all meshed together. Uh, you were v- very close. And uh, and certainly, you know, you had a great career after that. And for our listeners, um, this is what, you know, I think is impressive to me, Stacy, about your career at UNLV, uh, amongst a lot of things. But you were a three-time winner of the NABC Defensive Player of the Year in 1989, 1990, 1991 which, again, for our listeners, that's the best defensive player in the country. And, and that's, that's phenomenal, first of all, to do that three years in a row. But second of all, when you were, if you, if you remember this, everybody, you were known as ICE at UNLV. <laughs> and then when you got into the NBA, you're the plastic man, right? <laughs> so, yes, correct. And I used to call you Heat, if you remember. <laughs> yes, yes, I remember. I do remember that. <laughs> but uh, but that's a f- phenomenal accomplishment. And then, of course, um, uh, you know, amongst other things, you're in the UNLV Athletic Hall of Fame. You had your jersey retired there. Uh, and I, and I, I, I know – and I know this is well documented that, you know, when Coach Tarkanian left, there was a lot of turmoil, a lot of tension in the city, a lot of a lot of disappointment in, in the former athletes like yourself. But I remember saying to you, if you remember this, remember I came to Atlanta when you were playing in the NBA. I came to a game down there uh, and, uh, and, you know, we had a conversation and. And, and I came there for nothing other than, if you remember, uh, Dr. Callaway, uh, Team Dentist, he drew paintings of you guys. And I remember telling you at the time, and I think you, you know, at least I was really glad to see you come back to UNLV when you did, because I told you that, you know, you're an alum there. You're like one of the best athletes ever come out of there. You're a four-year guy there, and it's always going to be your home. And, uh, and I think to this day, you've done a great job with that, you know, coming back and being an assistant coach uh, and, and so forth. So uh, that that for me was a very special time with you guys. I had a had a great time, you know, and, and learned a lot about the business. And so uh, it was really, really, really a fun time. Those four years that you were at UNLV. Well, you know, that was those are great times. You know, first of all, the, the defense player of the year is a three times. Um, of course, 
UNLV preaches defense, defense, and and we of course you know our practice is almost four hours long, and <laughs> most of that was defense, <laughs> defensive. Uh, <laughs> so you know, so that that goes to the coaches just pushing us on the defensive end. Also, we scored a lot too on the offense, but you know, I I, I hang my hung my hat on playing defense. You know, stopping the stopping the defender. So it was a lot of work, but at the end of the day, it was it was definitely worth it. And leave it, leave it to Cuddy to take somebody who has a nickname Ice to call him Heat. <laughs> yes, like, yes, he's the only guy that did that. When someone <laughs> called me Ice, I just know it's Cuddy. <laughs> um, so, Stacy, coming in, you know, if you can think back to those times, what was your first impression of Coach Tark, and you know, what was it like to to work under him and all that stuff? Well, you know, my my recruitment was um, Coach Timothy Gergers, and I call him Coach Gerg. He was uh, on the recruitment. He was there in in Pasadena, and uh, he was he did a great job of recruiting me. Uh, one thing about it, when I first met Coach Tark, um, of course, he was very intimidating. You know, on a positive note, um, I was in awe of him because of what he'd done in his um, coaching career. Um, but when I, when I met him, I was at ease because of the J was just, he had that presence of just a, like a caretaker is one of those men that, that I knew that I had your back. And he also looked out for everyone. Yeah. And I have to, I have to say, Gerg, you know, he's amazing too. And we also had Keith Starr on the show and, you know, like just the whole staff Tark is just, you know, one of the guys that we kind of try to talk about more but yeah all those coaches were so amazing and on our show even they were just so much fun like Keith Starr literally his smile is from ear to ear like he was just <laughs> like smiling making us laugh and then I want to go back too, to to what you said about um you know how UNLV preached defense and do you find that that carried over into your coaching style do you like really focus on defense for your players and your teams? Yes, definitely. Definitely. I, I'm pretty much, they call it defensive mining coach where I really focus on the details of defense and as an individual one-on-one defender or a team defense, you know, that's what I really focus on and I take pride in it. So I do a lot of studying on it. I, uh, speaking of defense, I, I go back to, you know, watching those practices. And like you said, with Tark, I mean, we could be there four or five hours. There's no rules back then. So, so we would get in the gym, but, but I always remember you, you know, going through practice, like messing with Gerg from time to time. Like, you know, Gerg would jump in those drills and, and, uh, you know, kind of work with you guys. And sometimes you would grab him by the shirt (laughs) and he used to get all pissed off. (laughs) (laughs) You know, those those are great memories. We have so many great memories back in our practices, of course. And I, to this day, I always coach, I always joke with Coach uh, Coach Gerg about um, practicing us for four hours in the heat. I told him I was going to call the NCA on him right now. This is the day <laughs> for that. <laughs> yeah, we talked about how they'd make you guys run in August outside. I was like, that is literally yes. like torture. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And <laughs> they did that, you know, but at the end of the day, it was, it paid off. It paid off and it it made us great, great. It made us mentally strong, just for completing something that 
a task that no one else was willing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stacy, I, I remember. So I don't remember what I think it was the year we won the national championship, but uh, one of your greatest uh, offensive moves in, in your career, you'll, you'll remember this one. We were playing, I think it was at Boise State in the NC2A tournament. <laughs> <laughs> and we were playing Montana, and we were up by like, I don't know, 40 points. And you got a break. You stole it or you, you, you stole the ball. You went down the court, and you got to the top of the key. You threw the ball off the backboard and dunked it. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, <laughs> You remember that, right? Yes. I remember <laughs> that like it was yesterday. <laughs> and, you know, it, it was it was one of those things, you know, that I was practicing all week long, you know, and I was just throwing it off the glass and going to dunk it. So the time I had an opportunity in the game, it just came natural. So I just threw it off the glass and dunked it. <laughs> but the crazy thing about it is that, Coast talk went off. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It's like, okay, it was, it was one of those things where you don't show up, you know, show up to team and we're beating them by, I don't know how many, 20 points and it's something I did. And, and it, <laughs> it's coaches like it's unsportsmanship. You don't do those type of things, but, and that's, that's something that coach, you know, always teaching us, you know, so, but at the end of the day, it was a great quote unquote, great play, you know, for the fans <laughs> of the game of basketball. <laughs> Yeah, I remember Coach Tark, man, jumped up. And he, he Tark's classic move on the sidelines when he, he got really mad was he wore these boots and he would stomp his feet. <laughs> and he jumped up and started stomping his feet. He came down the bench and I, I he, you know, pointed at somebody and said, get him out of there. Get him out of here. <laughs> the question is, Stacy, oh, yeah. can you still do that move? <laughs> I, in my mind, I could do it. No way now. <laughs> Body hurts. <laughs> Speaking of in your mind, like, okay, thinking back to that, you kind of mentioned like you had been practicing that. Like, if you can think, maybe you can't think exactly, but like what was going through your head? Like you're dribbling down the court and you see this opportunity. Like what's going through your head at that moment? Um, I know it's like, okay, I have the opportunity to do this, do this. I'm going to do it. <laughs> and I didn't want to travel. The first thing is you can't travel with that. And right. That's, and that's the thing I didn't want to travel. So I had the opportunity and I did it and I accomplished it. And I was like, yes, in my head. But then all, all of a sudden when I came down, I was like, oh, <laughs> I knew I was in trouble. I knew, I knew it wasn't the time to do it. Yeah. You know, but, it, but when is a good time to do it? Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> I bet that was on Sports Center later that night. <laughs> uh, oh, yes. Oh, yes. You know, that's cool. One one other quick note, Stace, is, uh, you know, the year we won the national championship, that was kind of a, you know, a pretty cool year to win it. If I mean, it's cool to win it any year. But, you know, we yes, started yeah. off <laughs> with uh, Loyola Marymount. And you remember that game, it was real, and it was an emotional game uh, because Hank Gathers, who played for Loyola Marymount, great player, he had passed away, uh, collapsed on the court during uh, their conference tournament. And so we went up to Oakland and played them in the first round. And I forget the, the other player's name, but he, he, he would shoot the free throws left-handed to, to respect Hank Gathers because Hank was a 
left-handed player. Um, and we went up there and beat them, which was, which was tough because, uh, you know, the, I think the country, you know, the running rebels were the running rebels and everybody expected you to win, but the country was really emotionally behind Loyola Marymount for everything that happened to them. And then we went on and, and my, my next memory is we played Georgia tech. And I don't know if you remember that game. Uh, they had the lethal weapons and that, that three. was the, yeah, the three lethal <laughs> weapons. And I remember, you know, going into that game, I think it was Kenny Anderson, Dennis Scott, Brian um, Oliver were their three yes. lethal weapons. And so the, so, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but the whole onus leading up to that game was how is Stacy Augman going to shut down the lethal weapons? Um, and that was a big game for you. I think you led the team in scoring even in that game. But, and then those guys got their points because they were, you know, they're three of the best players on their teams. But I remember Coach Tark saying after the game and in some of his press conferences that, you know, the reason we won the game is because Stacey Augman shut down their three best players. Well, Coach, Coach did a he he did an awesome job in the media as far as pumping his players up. First of all, <laughs> <laughs> but that, that that was a tough game, and it was going into it. You know, we we didn't know the the outcome of that. You know, we always we always think that we're going to win every game, and we always said, Coach and, and and Cuddy, you know this. You know, our practice was so hard. We thought that our games were like days off. You know, because 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 of the shape that we we're in. And going into that game that we we didn't know what was happening. So we just played our hearts out. I mean, we just played together. And, and that team was, was an amazing team and one of the best teams that I've ever been a part of, you know, as far as on and off the court. I mean, we did more off the court, you know, and in Vegas that, you know, Coach, Coach Tark and everyone else didn't know, but <laughs> we was a, a tight, tight, tight-knit uh, group. And, and that's for us from Larry Johnson to Travis Bice to – to everyone, you know, it, it was amazing. It was amazing years for me at UNLV. But going into that game, we didn't know exactly what was going on, what's going to happen. But we knew that we were going to play our hearts out. And we knew that whoever we were playing that day or any other day, that we was going to give them hell. Yeah, yeah. well, and they might have had three lethal weapons, but UNLV had at least eight, <laughs> at least, on that team. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks. Well, we did, I mean, and, 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 and I remember that game. That was, it was a hard-fought game, man. I mean, right down, you know, back and forth, you know, they kept scoring, we kept yeah. scoring. I think we won by nine points at the end. We kind of made our free throws down the stretch, but that was a, that was a tough game, and, and I know – Again, going back, and and I, I'm I'm not uh, I, I keep saying this over and over, but down the stretch when we needed a stop, you were the guy that got it, you know, from one of those three players, and uh, and that's pretty remarkable. I forget which one of them, but one of them didn't have a great shooting night because you kind of shut him down. So, so that was fun. Well, <laughs> yeah, that, that was fun. That was definitely fun. And then in the Lyle Merrimont we talked about. I don't want to go back too far, but the um. That was a very emotional game also going into it because, of course, it was, you know, I'm from California and knew those guys. So um, it was very emotional going into it. But at the end of the day, if I look back, I watched that game. It was a great game. It was a run and gun game, which, you know, everyone likes to watch, you know, an exciting game. And, and um, it, that was a very emotional game for me, too, when I when I think back. 
did you play against Hank at, uh, you know, during high school? I don't really know where he was from, but did you have a relationship with him? No, I didn't have a close relationship, but I met him several times on an A unit. Um, a, oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Like summer league and everything. Um, so I was very much um, knew him quite well. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a really sad story. Um, and, you know, it's it probably like like you said, it was emotional. Probably like you're almost feeling like I don't you know, do I we even beat this team? Like, you know, it's kind of I can imagine like what's going on in your head, too. And, you know, but it's good, you know, made the best of a horrible situation and got out there and played ball. And it sounds like they played hard, too. So that's yeah, that's good. Um. I have another question for you kind of about Tark and just like the chemistry of your team in, in general. We had told a, we've told multiple stories about, um, you know, the locker room and like the vibe in the locker room, especially at half times and whatnot. And one particular story about, I can't remember the game, but when they were up real good and, and uh-huh. Tark had nothing to say and Larry was like, yeah, what do you got to say now, coach? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You remember that, Stacy? I, yes, I think yes, I do. I do. <laughs> that was I remember that. Yeah, I think it was San Jose or somebody at home and uh you guys went on out and put on a clinic. And I think we we had to be up by 40 points at the half. I mean, they couldn't get a shot off, they couldn't get the ball across half court. And Tart came in and you know was walking back and forth, you know, in the locker room like he usually oh, does. And he really couldn't think of anything to say. And, and he turned around and kind of looked and to see what the vibe of the team was. And Larry <laughs> said, so what do you got to say now, coach? <laughs> and, and then, of course, typical Tark. <laughs> and, uh, and that big, big grin, coach, that big grin came. Yeah. <laughs> but then typically after that, then he's like, okay, okay, don't get complacent. Don't, you, you know, you got to keep your head into the game. <laughs> but aside from that. Like what, what's your memory of like the vibe in the locker room and, and how, how all that was when you guys came back in for halftime? You know, the the vibe was, you know, the, 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 the the halftime vibes were were great. We're good. Yeah. But after the games were great Yeah. because, you know, of course, of course, UNLV, you know, the Mecca of entertainment, you know, Vegas. We had all the they had Gucci roles. So after the, after the game, those stars would come in the locker room afterwards. You know, MC Hammer, yeah, Mike Tyson. Of course, you have the, all the, the movie stars there. They come in the locker room, and the vibe was awesome. It was great. You know, yeah. and those are, those are things I remember that that it was Vegas. Yeah, I bet the vibe after the locker room was really great too. But we <laughs> we don't need you don't have to expose yourself on this show. Stacy, I, I remember, uh, you know, Tark. You remember how he didn't want anybody in the locker room like during his speech after the game, right? And so right. I had to keep people out of the locker room until it was over. And I remember going up there after the game. I get in the go into the training room, drop my stuff off. I go in the locker room, and there's these four guys in there. I think it was four, and you know they're, you know I, I didn't recognize them, but they're they're all in there. They're African American guys. And I'm like, Hey man, you got, you guys got to go. You got to get out of here. And they're like, Oh man. Hey man. Well, you know, we're, you know, blah, blah, blah. I said, you guys got to go. Cause if coach Tark comes in here and finds you guys in there, he's going to go nuts. And so I kind of threw him out. And as I was kicking him out, Anderson came in 
And then he sat down, and then after Tark's speech, Anderson come up to me and said, Cuddy, man, you just threw Run DMC out of the locker room. <laughs> 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 like, I, I don't know who they were, but I said, if Tark would have came in, he'd have gone rip my ass for having people in the locker room. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that was for sure. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, some great times, Stacey. Really, uh, really enjoyed it. And, and uh, you know, obviously – for you, um, moving on, so you win a national championship at UNLV uh, in 1990, uh, your consensus second-team All-American in 91. I mentioned you were the uh, Defensive Player of the Year three years in a row, Big West Player of the Year in, 19, in 1989, and uh, then you get drafted ninth overall in the NBA. Um, that had to be Probably the, uh, a great moment for you uh, and your family, I sh- I'm sure, uh, to, to be, you know, selected in the, in the ninth position of the, of the draft. Um, it was definitely one of the great moments of my um, basketball career. I mean, the great accomplishments is this. It just shows um, that hard work pays off. You know, it's a lot of hours in the gym working on my craft. And it just at the end of the day that I shared that, those moments with, with, with Coach Tark and Coach Gerg and, and my family at that time. So it was a very emotional day, but um, it was one of those days that you never forget along with our championship at UNLV. Let me ask you this. So obviously you had an amazing run with UNLV and like, do you know that you're going to be drafted? Like, are you like, like how, how does that work? Like, are you in talks with people or all of a sudden, is it just like Stacy Ogman's drafted? <laughs> You know, there's the craziest thing, you know, that, you know, that going into my junior year, the NBA was not even on my mind. You know, I was just enjoying, you know, college life, college basketball. And the day that the NCAA was going to lock us out of that year, um, I was asked, you know, I want to go, do you want to put your name into the draft? And I was like, huh? Put my name in the draft. <laughs> but, you know, my mindset wasn't even there. You know, it was all about being, being there in college and playing and, and um, being with the, the people that love me, you know, so that was that was that was a rough year for us because they was going to lock us out. We had to make a decision. Should we stay in college another year or should we go to the NBA? And of course, we came back to UNLV, which I thought was at this at this time and then that it was a great move for, you know, myself and um, Larry that to actually stay there. Yeah, that that was a tough decision. And, and again, for our listeners, um, you know, you and Larry. And Greg Anthony, you know, all had that opportunity. I mean, you you guys could have left, and there you would have never won a national championship had you, you know, not stayed uh, at UNLV. So that was that was pretty cool uh, for you guys to do that. I mean, I, in this day and age, I don't think that would happen too much. You know? No, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that shows your your loyalty, and obviously how you know positively UNLV and the coaching staff impacted you to, to make that decision. And that's just, just show us we made that decision all together. That's the closeness that we had, the bond that we had is, and then we still have it to this day. And that goes along with the, all of us wearing the number two and we're all in um, the NBA. And of course that was Tark's number in college. So once again, the things we did to, to show our togetherness and our bondness um, is that we all were number two our first year in the first year of college. And that's what I came from. Yeah. yeah. 
something too that that's interesting that is you know to note too is that you were obviously like my dad said the ninth pick and you know a rookie but they signed you with an like a, an amazing deal that was kind of unheard of back in the day too like signed on for five year a five-year contract yeah, yeah that was Back in the day, back at that time, it was it was a great um, contract. Not these days and age. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was great for the time. That's all. It was great for the time, but we always joke about you know older the older players saying we were born at the wrong time. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> it was great. It was great for a time. I had a great contract. Um, had a great career. And looking back, you know, I wouldn't do anything different. Yeah. When and. And you got into the NBA and you had that contract and you, you know, your first year you were the rookie of the year. I mean, not, um, not the rookie of the year, but you're on the all rookie team, um, yeah. you know, and then you went on for 15 years. I mean, what the wear and tear on your body. I remember you telling me when you came to UNLV as an assistant coach, kind of, you know, how, how you maintained your body and your health throughout all of that. I mean, that, I think uh, again, if, you know, you get into the NBA, you don't know how many years you're going to be there. You know, you could be there one, five, injury, some, you know, in your case, 15 years. That's that's a long time. I mean, uh, and then you come back to UNLV to be an assistant coach and you're still out there practicing, working out with the players. So you're still out there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, is is your body, you know, how, well, for, how, how for our listeners, that? will you kind of tell us about how you maintained yourself over 15 years of, <laughs> you know, the NBA and how that all worked? I think the I think the first thing is, um, you know, I, I constantly work out, you know, it's never off season for me as far as taking care of my body. Um, it's always continuous workout. It's, if it's summertime, you know, I'm, I'm lifting heavy, doing a lot, lot. A lot of work as far as conditioning and and but mainly during the season when I was playing it was more like you know just cardio maintaining but it was continuous you know it's one of those things you never stop so and then also as I get older you start eating a little bit better and you know <laughs> the wife does a great job of you know keeping me on top of that now so <laughs> yeah that's do you do any type of like 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 stretching yoga is there any like flexibility in your routine or uh, a lot of stretching it's a lot of stretching you know, you know all the time just in front of the tv doing stretching and just you know one of those god gifted bodies that you know if you do a little main maintenance to it you know it'll last a long time yeah i think i think a lot of it you know not a lot a lot goes to to your effort and work but there's some genetic there. I mean, you're just blessed. Hashtag. <laughs> Let me ask you Thanks, this. Jessica. Can you touch your toes? Yes, I still can. Cuddy can't even touch his knees. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you got to hey, work on that, Cuddy. Yeah, I, I know. But Well, you remember, man, back in the day with, with Gerg's workouts, I used to run with you guys. Yeah. Now, yeah. you know, yes. I'd be right yeah, out everyone, there. Everyone. Yeah, Everyone everybody. Ran. Yeah, you, you had to take a group and run with them and stuff, and yes. and uh, and then the guys that couldn't make it, the guys that could make it, had to drag the guys around the track that couldn't make it. <laughs> That's right. So, and, and honestly, back then, I, during that that period of time, you know, we'd always start on Labor Day, that conditioning outside with Gerg and run the track, run up the hills, and all that stuff. 
I was probably in the best shape I ever was in my life back then. <laughs> From going out there and running with <laughs> <Yes>. these guys. <laughs> yes, you know what? We all did it, and that's where that bond, that bondage came. Just one of those things, those type of little things that everyone ran. That's you right. Know? Yeah. You know, if someone could make it, we all helped him out and, you know, cheered him around the track. You know, when Larry fell down the hill, rolled down the hill, we all <laughs> laughed. But he still continued to do it. <laughs> yeah, that was. I, I remember Larry. He he struggled with that conditioning at first, coming from you know junior college. Man, he's like, oh my god, what what I get myself into? <laughs> yeah, so he did struggle, boy. <laughs> so Stace, let's uh, let's uh, so fifteen years in the NBA, and then one of the happiest moments for me um, was when you came back. I, I know you. After you retired, you you coached with the Nuggets for like four years, but then you came back and took the assistant job at UNLV, which I thought was really cool. Um, and I'm I'm I could say this now because I don't have to worry about it, but you should have been the head coach there too. And and the way David Rice got let go was disgraceful. But um, but aside from all that, uh, you know, coaching back at UNLV that that had to be a big thrill for you too, right? You know that, that was. Um that was a big thrill. I mean, it's one of the moments that if any of places I had no, I no, no idea what I would ever coach in college. I didn't want to coach in college. Um, when I got to coach the, when I, when I got a call from David and um, some of the other alumni and the president of the university, you know, I took the opportunity because it was of course, you know, where I played and I thought it was a good opportunity. You know, Vegas will always be my home. You know, the community was great to me. Um, there's so many people that, that I'm close to out there, of course, Ann and Bill also, you know, I, I always would never forget them. I, I still talk to them to this day. I call them mom and dad. Um, we have a great relationship, but, uh, those people, the community and when they're awesome. So Vegas will always be my home. It sounds like too, you took, you took a lot of what Gerg did, which was like you said, get out there with the players and in fact, we just had um, Chris Jeter on the other day. We're talking about how he broke Gerg's nose in, in a practice one time. <laughs> oh, he admitted it, huh? <laughs> yeah. Alleged, no, allegedly. Allegedly. Yes. At first, no, at first, no one knew who did it. No one yeah. would admit it. <laughs> yeah, we got Jeter on, on the mic saying he that did he it. did it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> uh, great. Well... Stacy, um, so now you're you're back in the NBA after leaving UNLV. You went to uh, with the Milwaukee Bucks for a couple of years, um, and and then you. This is kind of interesting. In in eighteen nineteen, you coached a pro team, a Korean league team. How how was that? Like, do you know? Did you know the language? Yeah, what? <laughs> oh, that was. That, you know what? That was. That was a great experience for me and my family. Because, yeah. <laughs> uh, when I first told my wife, we're gonna, I'm going to coach Korea, she looked at me like I was a, a spaceman or something. <laughs> but uh, but of course, uh, she came with me and and she loved it out there. And once I got out there and um, seen the lay of the land and then how the pro athletes out there work out, once again, it's basketball, you know, and I had the opportunity to be the head coach and actually run you know run a team yep and of course i had a uh a interpreter everywhere i went you know yeah. 
Oh, you you didn't learn the language real quick. <laughs> I didn't learn I didn't learn the language real quick. <laughs> well, that's cool though. I mean, I, I think you're right. You know, basketball's basketball. If if you can coach in America, you can probably coach anywhere, and uh, and I, I'm sure you did a heck of a job. But but you know, I, I think that is a challenge. You know, that to me shows the dedication of you in the in the career that you're in to go somewhere all the uncertainty, can't speak the language, and you're going to coach a bunch of guys uh, that you've never probably met before or anything. And and actually, you had a winning season, I believe, right? <laughs> yes, yes. We had a winning season. Um, came in second place and went into playoffs and got eliminated in the third round. Um, but one of the things that you have to do when you're trying to become a head coach in the NBA or anywhere in the States, you know, they always say, well, he never had any head coach experience. Right. It's one of those boxes that I wanted to check and um, get the experience and then come back at some point in the States here and then and, and be a head coach somewhere, you know. But at the end of the day, I thought it was a great experience for me. And people make that comment also, you know, that I'm determined to be a head coach one day. And those are the things I'm willing to do. Yeah, no, I, I give you a lot of credit. I think that that's really good. But, you know, it's kind of funny, Stacy, when I moved into administration you know, I was a deputy AD, assistant AD. I was even an interim AD. But every, you know, they always say, well, but you don't have AD experience or, or you don't have head coaching experience. Well, how the hell do you get it unless you are one? Like, right. you know exactly. what I mean? Like, exactly. I mean, it's a, it's it's kind of a catch-22. I've never could figure that out. I mean, if, if you can be an assistant coach and you coach, because, you know, let's, I mean, you know, assistant coaches are, you know, they do all the skill and everything as a head coach, or they have the skills of a head coach. You've just never sat in that chair. But how do you sit in that chair if you don't have the opportunity to do it? You know, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, and let me ask you this too, going back to the, the Korean interpreter thing, like, okay, if you like stand up on the bench and get passionate, does your interpreter like interpret it passionately to the players? <laughs> yes, you know, <laughs> you know, it's so funny that I always have to pause in between. You know what I'm saying? In my sentence, I would say I would be upset and I'm going such and such and such and such. And then I have to pause and wait and he has to interpret it. And then I continue on. You know, so I, <laughs> that probably lets you cool down a little bit, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they let me cool down. And sometimes I, I, when I'm upset, I don't think he um, translated right because of <laughs> just the tone of his voice. I said, the tone of your voice, you got to be the same tone. Yeah. So when I'm saying something, you have to be more yeah. at it. You're you like, say it louder. <laughs> yeah, say it louder. Be stronger with it. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, so, Stace, now Sacramento. New year coming up. Uh, optimistic about what's going to happen with the Kings this year, and where you guys, you know, where are you going to be? Well, well, right now we're we're in um, training camp. You know, of course, we have our first preseason game today against um, the Suns. Um, camp is going great. You know, guys, um, guys are really getting after it. Um, I think that the attitude and the environment is at a different level. I mean, we're we're really striving to make the playoffs this year. Good. Uh, this this playoffs are nothing. So the guys are all on the same page. They're they're just work. They're working hard right now. Yeah, and no bubble and all that. I mean, is California? When I was in Vegas, you know, to go to a Raiders game there, you have to have a shot. You have to be vaccinated to go to a UNLV game. You don't. To go to the hockey games, you don't. 
in Sacramento, you you got fans and stuff there? Yes, yes. There we're allowing fans here to okay. be full capacity. Uh, I like that you say the Raiders. You know, of course, the Raiders are three and zero right now. Oh, I know. Just want to throw that. Just want to throw that in there. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. One of those. One of but, those threes is they beat the Steelers, which kind of really pissed me off. But oh well, I'll, I'll give you that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, back to back to Sacramento. But um, you know, of course, we um, the guys are are raring for raring up for a, a great year. I mean, of course. We have the, the, the our three guards, which is one of the quicker guards in the in the NBA. So and very very with them with Fox and and here and those guys are just just playing hard. Well, good. Well, I wish you all the best, and uh, I I know you're you know you you got to work tonight and all that. So you know we'll we'll let you go. Um, but man, I tell you what, I, I I'm thrilled. Uh, I I love you. You know you 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 know you're always one of my favorite guys and. Uh, Really appreciate you taking the time for being on. And I hope now that this COVID stuff is over, I'm going to check your schedule out. And, you know, maybe I'll come down and yeah. see you in New York or uh, when you get yeah. back east. You I know? would love to come to a game in New York. That would, that be, would be great. That would be great. I mean, go out to dinner and just hang out. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll, about I, old times. I, I definitely would do that uh, because I, I, I would enjoy doing that. And, and I think Larry is still with the Knicks, right? Do you know? Um, he's working with the Knicks. Yes, he is. But he's spending a lot of time in Vegas right now. So, oh, is he okay? Um, we can, we yeah, but we can catch him there. Okay, okay, in, in New York. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, Stacy, uh, like I said, you were one of my my bucket list guests, so you you check that box off for me, and and we'll be uh, rooting for the Kings this season. Okay, thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Stacy. Give my best to your family and Leslie, and um, and and again, good luck this year, and and. We'll definitely see you down the road, bud. All right, definitely. I will definitely tell him. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Stace. Take care. Thanks. All right. Bye. Wow. What an amazing episode. I am so appreciative, Stacy. If you're listening to this after the fact, thank you so much for coming on. And uh, it's just really cool to get all that perspective from working with Tark, being a amazing player and he's just so humble about it too yeah well no question i mean he he's that's just his personality he's a he's a humble guy uh you know he's as he said he's a hard worker and uh he you know he'd come to uh practice every single day work really really hard didn't care who got the credit long as we won uh and you know just just a super guy i mean uh you know a guy that i've always had a lot of respect for and you know really Glad to see him and his family now having a lot of success uh, with his career in the NBA. Yeah, we'll definitely be going down to to the city to catch a game. That'd be awesome. That would be. Yeah, we have to uh, take him up on that. It'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. All right, everyone. Well, thanks again for listening. And uh, we will be back next week with another guest. And uh, Larry Johnson, if you're out there, this is your call. <laughs> We're getting you on here, buddy. Larry, my, my daughter's going to bug you until you do, so we'll, <laughs> we'll have to get you on. So everybody have a great week. Uh, enjoy yourself. We'll talk to you next week on Cutting the Cooge.
Thanks for listening, everyone. Um, Wherever you're streaming this podcast, if you would be so kind as to give us a subscribe and maybe even a review. In addition, you can find us for any updates on social media, Facebook or Instagram. Our handle is at Cuddy and the Cooge. Cuddy with a C, Cooge with a K. Or you can email any questions or submit any feedback to cuddyandthecooge at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you.